0: talking
1: real money thank you for joining us here on talking real money the live then podcast version where you get to participate you get to have your questions and answer i'm sorry there was something ah that's what it is yes okay i kind of that figured as much uh you know we 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 knew this was going to happen we knew he'd have to come back even though he's overseas his uh, his his itch to bitch was going to overcome any uh, distance between the United States. I don't know. I guess we'll find out uh, between here and wherever you are. So where are you? Don is there? I'm here. So wait. Well, so I'm I'm getting a note here that they cannot hear you for some reason. I can hear you, which doesn't make sense because if I can hear you, they can't hear. I don't know what the heck's going on. So you. <laughs> I may have to... I get the tin can out and get the the wire back there, but... Um...
2: <laughs>
1: Don, Don, Don says, okay, why are you continuing to bank at Wells Fargo when not only did they create fake accounts not that long ago, they now have decided that somehow direct deposits that were supposed to show up in your account in a certain period of time don't show up, and people think, wait, I was supposed to pay the bills and now... It doesn't work, so I'm going to apologize. We may during the break see if we can get you back. Because I, as I say, I'm seeing, I'm hearing it, I'm getting a level, but it says you're not there. So we'll keep trying. Okay. <laughs> Stand by. Okay, let's give the telephone number eight five five nine three five eighty two fifty five eight five five nine three five. Talk, and we are here for the next couple of hours. To answer your questions on all things money related and try to help you do better not just do better with where you're banking not just do better with you know kind of those other issues we're going to talk a little bit about the the gold deal that came apart recently where somebody thought they were getting moving their money into something safe and uh, were taking advantage of with a 33 percent commission and the fact that the price of the security that they purchased went down a lot so they ended up with half as much money as they thought and this was supposed to be the secure idea so Uh, we'll talk about all those things, as I said, plus your questions and calls and the telephone number to do that again, 855-935-8255. 855-935 talk. As we take this show, which is live, we turn it into a podcast every week. We'd love you to join us for those as well. And we'll have some enterprising podcasts that Don McDonald, who is, he's there, but he's not there. And those will be, those will be available. (laughs) I was wondering if I could try something like that. So we'll we'll in the break, we'll see if we can come up with some wire I can run across something. But uh, we'll try and get Don. Don is live from Copenhagen. And we'll see if we can do that, too. Yeah, barely alive. 855-935-TALK. 855-935-8255. We'll continue talking real money. Tom and Don are talking
0: real
3: money. Do me a favor. Grab your latest investment statements, if you know where they are. How many do you have? A lot? How many different investments are in each statement? A bunch? Do you own individual stocks, bonds, sector funds, and stuff you don't understand? Yeah, I thought so. I'm Don McDonald, and I'm pretty sure you have a case of hodgepodgeitis. But don't worry, it's not terminal and can be cured. But it takes three things. A bit of time, some fiduciary guidance, and a plan. There's a problem, though. Most financial advisors can't or won't provide any of those. That's where we come in. Tom and I will provide you the help you need to overcome hodgepodgeitis in a free, no-obligation meeting with an Appella advisor at TalkingRealMoney.com. So, scan or take a picture of all those pages you gathered, then go to TalkingRealMoney.com, click on Meet an Advisor, and set up a free appointment online or by phone when it's convenient for you. Let us sort through the mess and help you get started on a better, simpler future plan. Just go to TalkingRealMoney.com or call 800 386
0: for. Your guide to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money.
1: All right. Thank you for being part of Talking Real Money. We're here every week, every almost every day for that matter if you're a podcast listener. And uh, right now we are live on the radio to take your questions and calls. 855-935-8255. 855 935 Talk and yeah, because well we had Don momentarily, then he wasn't here. We'll we'll give you a free uh, talking real money shirt. They're they're lovely, they're red, and uh they're comfortable. So uh give us a call and for every question, we will be glad to send out a shirt as well. You know, one of the things about investing is we all think we need to do something. It's a matter of action, right? That uh my, my father was felt a bit this way. He was a, a physician, educated man, smart guy. And he hated the idea that you sort of waited around to see what the market was going to do and then don't do anything when it does it. He really wanted some action. And it wasn't because he was trying to outsmart things. He just felt like sitting around doing nothing is not the way to handle your money. He didn't handle his life that way either. But most of the questions that we get are, my money's here and should I move it there? And I I just got one in this week from Jason in Sandy, Utah. And uh, he said he started listening about three months ago and think my financial IQ has increased by 20%. Let's see if that holds true after reading my question. That's a great way to put it. Uh, Number one, and this is coming up a lot, with CD rates at or above 5%. And I did look today, and you can get a one-year CD over 5% two-year about the same, you start getting a little further out and it's less because we have this weird inverted yield curve. His question is, with CD rates at, uh, at or above 5%, isn't it more prudent to invest all of my bond money into CDs? For example, the bonds i would be converting are BND, which is the Vanguard Total Bond. He went through a couple others, but we'll just use that one. Neither, he says, will ever pay the 5.35% I can get from a CD. Well, first of all, nobody knows that. Number two, he says he'd be buying four or five-year CDs. I can't find anything that long in duration that's paying 5.35%. Um, but here's the he's asking, my retirement's 15 years away. Is this faulty log- logic, et cetera? There's a lot of differences between owning a single CD, certificate of deposit, versus a bond fund. Remember, a bond fund holds hundreds and thousands of securities. And it's buying new ones as some mature, right? And it's right now the ones it's buying are at higher interest rates, right? Because interest rates are higher, have been higher here for the last year or so. And I did look at the BND, and it's still yielding a little less than 3%. So you're right. So you could take the money and put it in a CD. Now, remember, that CD is going to mature in the aforementioned year or two. What will the bond fund be paying in a year or two? Don't know. But there's more flexibility in being in a bond fund, right? You can get your money at any time. There's more of a reflection of the honest situation with interest rates. Um, we're in a kind of a unique situation, but I would never take my bond money and move it to a CD. Number two, I would never take money that I was using for long-term investing and move that to a short-term CD as well. Because that's a market timing kind of thing. Like, well, that's not working I got to move it to somewhere else. He says he he talks a little bit about his retirement age being 15 years away. Is this faulty logic? I think it is. I think it's one of those things like I bonds a couple of years ago, right? When they're for a very short period of time, they're paying 9%. And now they're paying, I think it's close to 4%. But people said, well, I just got to have that. And you have this tendency to chase the shiny object and want to move money over to something. That's not really good investing For the long haul, that's trading. And we're seeing this again, by the way, where I just read today that the meme stocks are back. This time, however, it's instead of GameStop, it's Yellow, the trucking company, Tupperware, which I guess was basically bankrupt, and Rite Aid. Uh, That's where the the fast, hot money is going. But this feels a little like that, Jason, where, hey, this seems so obvious today. Why wouldn't I do it? So I don't think that's a particularly good strategy. I think anyone who's an investor should have a long-term strategy. For most people, that includes stocks, that includes bonds, and it can include cash. But the cash portion really should be for those short-term needs. I read another piece recently where a very young person, I consider very young, at 25, was saying, hey, there's a great time to have cash. I'm pouring all this money into cash. You're kind of forgetting about the fact that if you're making five percent on those CDs, inflation is still running at, I don't know, four. And over the long haul, would you expect inflation to uh, to, to to go down to nothing right away? Absolutely not. And CDs and cash-like instruments have done marginally better than inflation over the long haul. So sort of chasing your way into something that is shiny, something that feels good, especially in the short term, is not really investing. Investing, as I said, should be long term. It should be, here's how much I'm trying to make on my money. Stocks over the long haul, you know, we can kind of say they've made somewhere around 10% a year. I think that's reasonable and we could kind of show you that, you know, some of the smaller ones and some of the value oriented ones and some other factors have made a little bit more, but I think that's a fair number. Bonds going back a, a, a similar time period have made somewhere around five, but cash like instruments, CDs, for example, savings accounts, things like that have made closer to inflation rates for a very long period of time. So which is really, if you go back to the 1930s, Inflation over the long haul has been somewhere around 3% a year. We've had this very unusual, had a big spike. Of course, no one knows what's coming next. We could be in a period of deflation. Some are saying now we could be in a period of rapid uh, things go down quickly on the other side, although we got some good news from the uh, jobs market, I guess, yesterday, so we're not overheated. But stocks, bonds, and cash. So when you focus on one part of the portfolio the way Jason is here, I think you're going to make a mistake. And I think you're going to mistake sort of a short-term return for something that hasn't been as effective over the long haul. Remember, what you're really trying to do, uh, even 15 years from retirement, is build for the long haul. You can't think to retirement. You have to think through retirement. you got to think, okay, I'm retiring in 15 years, but I still need the money to grow after that. People also have a tendency to think, Well, once I've hit retirement, then all bets are off. I'm going to put it in something that's safe. Most of us still need our money to grow after retirement is here. So, again, no, I wouldn't make this change. I would analyze my situation and say I have a certain amount in cash that I'm not going to use for some period of time. Maybe some of that money goes into CDs. By the way, high-yield savings are paying (coughs) over 4% now, too. So you could get into some of those places which would be more liquid than a CD. That's the way I'd look at it. I wouldn't rush on and make any change quickly unless I was looking at my overall strategy. And this is one of the things we see regularly from you. What should I do now? Here's what the world looks like today. Here's what I think it's going to look like. I've got to get out and do something to get ahead of that. And many of you believe that's investing. But the smart people that have really run the numbers and have written about this and studied it are going to tell you that's not investing. That is speculating. You want to have a long-term strategy that takes into account all of those great things that have paid more over time. And those would be stocks and bonds more than CDs. Jason, thanks for the call. We'd love to chat with you. 855-935-TALK. 855-935-8255. We'll be right back.
0: your real life and real future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Welcome
1: back to Talking Real Money. We are here live to help you with your questions, calls, interest in money. And money is just central to all of our lives. And we want to make it as small a part as it has to be. Because we find that people that sit around and think about it, worry about it, pay attention to all this, end up with less. It's kind of like soap. The more you use it, the more washes away down the drain. So we're here to help you. 855 8255 that is live you can call right now 855-935-8255 you know one of the things that comes up a lot is sort of how much do i need that seems to be a big question for most people they think i gotta have this much i gotta have that much new surveys out from charles schwab saying that um, you gotta have 1.8 million dollars now i have no idea where that comes from seems like out of left field but uh, it's the new number, and uh, let's unpack it a bit. Uh, but first, let's go back to the phones because uh, we have Chris who's waiting. And, and by the way, we, we snuck somebody in here during the break. Derek Job, who's one of our team leads, one of our advisors here, is going to be part of the show because I was feeling kind of lonely. You know, without Don, you know, I'm kind of used to somebody telling me
4: what to do. So I guess you can tell me what to do today. Yeah, right? I guess I can. You can actually get some words in now that I'll be taking the place of Don. <laughs> you won't be as 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 verbose as well, not, he would be. Not quite as all much. Right. No,
1: fair enough. Let's go to the call. We'll come back to the piece about uh, how much money because Derek's a certified financial planner. spends a lot of time thinking about all these things. But let's go to the telephones. And Chris joins us here on Talking Real Money. Hi, Chris.
5: How are you doing today? Doing great. How about you? I'm okay. I'm uh, in the middle. I'm a carpenter. Been been in the business for thirty years now, and I got a little bit of money that's uh, set aside through my uh, pension plan. I mean, my retirement plan, four hundred one, and um, it's through a company called. I don't know if I'm able to discuss. Uh, yes, you can go it. ahead, Millman. Yes, Constru- Millman. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, they got all of our holdings, basically. They're allowing me to take out two-thirds, basically, of my retirement that I have right now and move it wherever I'd like to. I'm considering moving it to an annuity, a couple of annuities, and I'd just like to uh, get your information or, you know, some input on that. How old are you, Chris? I am 61.
1: And your interest in an annuity is you want to hand the money to somebody and have them pay you back like a regular paycheck at some point in your life. That's what I'm taking?
5: Uh, well, yeah, or withdraw it all out at the end in six years. I spoke to my uh, bank about it, my credit union about it, and their advisor told me that, said to me that, you know, if I gave them 80 grand, then uh, they would put 40 grand into one annuity. And they said, that's pretty much a guarantee. No matter what market, you'll get that 40 grand back. And in the other annuity, they said that the most I could lose in that other forty grand would be $5,000. And I'm just not too certain whether or not to just go ahead with this, uh, because I've heard a lot of bad things about these annuities.
4: Yeah, Chris, uh, what bank did you meet with or what credit union?
5: Uh, my credit union is Qualstar Credit Union
4: yeah I actually came There's from the part. banking world i I spent a few years working there, so I can definitely speak to this. It's interesting that their whole pitch was about you not losing money rather than actually making money because that's i mean generally the goal of investing right is you want to see that money grow and I can almost yes. assure you that that annuity probably does not make sense given your situation, and I can also assure you that their motivation for selling you that annuity is not uh Necessarily, in your best interest is most likely because they will collect a nice commission on that product. So safe to say it's probably not the best idea.
5: okay, i'm'm I'm, I'm at the age to where I can retire now, but because of insurance purposes, um I'm not making enough monthly. So I'm looking at some type of a short-term, you know, five, maybe six years at the max uh, investment, and that's how long this annuity would last. Only thing they did tell me is after three years, the second annuity, if it went, um, if my whole investment went up to 130, then that's where I would cap out at for the next six, for the next three years after that, and that's what I would end up making. Yeah, so, I mean, this is. This, you,
1: yeah, all these things you've raised are the reason that I don't touch this product, nor have we ever, because number one, it's not in your best interest. Number two, it's expensive. Number three, it pays a big commission. And number four, it's confusing as heck. I mean, we work in this business, and I don't understand. So, no, I would not do this. I would instead look at my money at Millman, make sure it's invested properly for the long haul. 855 935 Talk. We'll be right back. Tom
0: and Don are talking.
1: Talking Real Money. Welcome back to Talking Real Money. Our telephone number eight five five nine three five 855 935 Talk. That's 855 935 8255. Don McDonald tried to join us from. Copenhagen, and it didn't work out, but uh, he'll be back. For those of you who just got to get my Don McDonald, uh, he'll be back soon on a podcast. I guarantee that. He'll be back in the States here very shortly. Sorry we couldn't make it happen today, but I'm joined by Derek Job, who's one of our advisors, CFP. And, you know, we answer your question well, straight up. We we'll talk about where your money is, why would be better here. And it's kind of an unusual thing on the radio today, and we're not trying to sell you anything either. We're really trying to help you get it right. So Chris was asking us about annuities. We're not fans for the reasons that I mentioned. But uh, anything else money-related, happy to discuss it. 855 Let's go back to the telephones. And Doug joins us here on Talking Real Money. Hi, Doug. Hi.
2: How you doing? Very well, sir. Hey, listen, now. Uh- uh, listen, have you ever had any conversations or anybody call in about long-term care? Uh, and do you address that in any way, shape, or form in your program?
1: You know, it and, you know. The, an- the, answer, the answer is yes to some extent. Now, because it's so personal, it's generally hard for us to give a blanket answer. Um, we've yeah. done retire meet sessions. We have a, an annual retirement planning Uh, A series of classes we do, we've had long-term care there. We've done classes, uh, uh, webinars about them. But what is your specific question about this?
2: Well, you know, I'm in pretty good health. I'm retired. I'm 74. And who knows what the future has in store for me. And it's just such a mishmash of stuff. As far as, you know, buying long-term care insurance where you pay a lump sum and then they pay you some. I mean, it's just very confusing. I mean, uh, investing is so much more uh, easier than long-term care insurance, believe me.
4: Yeah, long-term care insurance. it's
2: It's the insurance aspect of it.
4: Yeah, it's an interesting product because it's one that's started to kind of get worse over time. If you look at policies 15, 20 years ago, there are actually some decent policies where you could get a good return. But then insurance companies started to realize that, oh, some people will be in a long-term care facility for 10, 15, 20, 25 years in some cases. So. Nowadays, purchasing policies is not nearly as as fruitful, right? Because the whole idea of long-term care insurance is, you know, you give us a hundred thousand dollars. Should you ever need long-term care, it used to be they would give you unlimited funds to pay for it, and now they'll just give you some multiple. So over time, the multiples have gotten worse. And on top of that, the older you are, the more expensive a policy is going to be. So. I would say in 99% of situations, long term care insurance probably doesn't make a ton of sense for most people.
1: Nick, here's the thing about that, Doug, though. Psychologically, for some, mm-hmm. we have people that have enough money, perhaps myself included, to pay for everything. But people still say, yeah, but I just want to know that I got this thing. And if anything comes up, it's going to cover it. Because that's what insurance is, right? I mean, I'm probably overinsured with life insurance, all the rest of it. But I just want to know everybody's going to be okay if anything happens to me. I got to wonder if you have do not have a policy in place, how easy it would be for you to buy one at age 74.
2: Yeah, that could be. <laughs> yeah, it would not be, be easy.
1: You might be able to get one of the hybrids that you mentioned, where you give them amount of yeah. money, they take that, they manage it, they pay out what they need. And then I believe in some of those cases, they give back your estate or you some part of that at the end of your life, which is basically the only... Th- Policies. I know that's all that
4: really exists. You can't half really life buy. insurance. Yeah, half long term. Yeah, care you can't now.
1: really buy you know more traditional you know just sort of pay as you go rental. That that doesn't exist. And for the reasons that Derek mentioned, people a lot of companies got in the business twenty years ago. They found out that it just wasn't as a profitable piece of business as they thought. So there's very few of them writing it. Um, And it doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. As I say, insurance in a general sense is a bet, right? Life insurance is a, the insurance company is willing to take that risk. They want you to pay for them taking that risk. And long-term care has very much been that. But the problem, again, has been the risk has not paid off for the insurers. not at
4: all. Yeah.
2: So, in other words, stay healthy. (laughs)
1: You know, I mean, there's, yeah, or have another, have a plan. I mean, I'd really, I would love to stay in my house the rest of my life. That would be my plan. Can I afford it? Yeah, probably. I mean, unless there's some mental aspect of all this that that uh, that happens to me and i live for a long time but can't take care of myself i guess i could drain all my resources that would be a problem but uh yeah stay healthy <laughs> stay attention it doesn't again yeah. it doesn't mean so, thank you for your call it doesn't mean that some people might find a policy that works for them and it makes them happy 855 935 talk 855 8255 as we continue talking real money
3: Do you suffer from hodgepodgeitis? I'm Don McDonald, and hodgepodgeitis is a disease of your investment portfolio whose symptoms include lots of stocks, loads of random loaded mutual funds, and maybe an annuity or two. Most who suffer from hodgepodgeitis dread opening their quarterly portfolio statements. They feel lost and confused. Investing seems overwhelming and the financial future uncertain. If you believe you suffer from hodgepodgeitis, see a 100% fiduciary investment advisor immediately. A proper diagnosis is the first step to creating a portfolio with a purpose based on a personal plan. Start on the road to recovery now by scheduling a free meeting with an Appella advisor at talkingrealmoney.com. There is no cost, obligation, or high pressure sales pitch. Take the first step at talkingrealmoney.com or call 800 386 3004. Hodgepodgeitis is not a real disease, but treating it has been shown to improve mood, reduce fear, and even lead to a brighter financial future. Results may vary.
0: Your guides to a really great financial future. Talking
3: Real Money. Hey, thanks for being
1: part of Talking Real Money. We are here for you. So call us, 855-935-8255. 855-935-8255. Doesn't work right now. Write that number down. We take questions and calls. All the time. you can go to TalkingRealMoney.com. Leave a question there. We really do want to help you. So let us know how we can do that. We've already talked about a couple of insurance issues, among other things. So ring us up, 855 855- nine three five eight two five five tim joins us on talking real money hi tim
6: hey how are you listen my question uh is concerning social security tom i'm 66 and i was thinking about taking it at 70 but I was told that there's some rules you need to understand. Like you have to live, I think, to be 82 or there's 12 years, a 12-year rule. And I was wondering if you could explain that to me. I don't know anything about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, there's no rule, but there are some guidelines here, right? So, yes, if you wait, wait till 70. Well, okay. Let's work out another way. We we just discussed insurance companies. It, the Social Security system is built the same way, right? Basically, they look at your life and say, "Tim, you're 66. Yeah, we think you're going to live till blank." So, if you take Social Security at 66, and you live till blank, here's how much you'd take out, right? Because the benefit is smaller than it is at 66, than it is at 70. If you wait till 70, you got to live it, it. 12 years might be a little on the long side, but probably 10 or 11 years for those lines to cross in other words for the benefit by waiting to have grown enough to make it worthwhile for that waiting period so there really isn't a right or wrong because you don't know unless you do tim when you're going to die you and i are very similar in age i'm waiting till 70 i have another circumstance that you may or may not have i'm married to a woman who is younger than me and her earnings have not been as great She will both be getting at some point half of my benefit and when I pass on, which I would expect would be prior to her, she could either keep her benefit, the half of mine, or take mine. And by waiting longer, her benefit will be larger I'd make my boyfriend, her boyfriend, joke here, but I get in trouble for doing that, so I won't this time. Ah, <laughs> uh, but I mean, so you get the idea. So there really isn't a rule. There really isn't a right or wrong. But uh, maybe Derek Job, one of our advisors, who's joining me today. Because by the way, we're having our clients down here the first day of rain and. 30 days, but our clients are coming to see us today for an outdoor party. But, I mean, what? how do you advise people about it? This is not an easy yeah, question no, to answer. it's
4: not. There's really <clears throat> not a right answer for when you should claim Social Security. It's really dependent, one, on your situation and dependent, two, on what the market's doing kind of plays into when you should collect as well. I take it you're retired, Tim?
6: That's correct. I'm retired. I got about, I actually have a couple of million dollars to play. So would that affect it, too?
4: Yeah, so an instance where it could make sense to, to take Social Security prior to age 70 is if you're living off your portfolio and you feel like you might be drawing more from your portfolio than you should be, it's not a sustainable rate, then it could make sense to collect Social Security earlier. But if you feel like you have more than enough money and you're happy with your current retirement lifestyle, then it makes sense to wait until 70 because you know you're going to have a higher benefit.
1: Are you drawing out more than $80,000 a year from the portfolio? Oh, Yeah. All right. That's what we always tell people. Spend your money, man. Go have a good time. Uh, What am
6: holding on to it for? (laughs) Exactly.
1: You can't take it with you, right? So, no, I mean, if you you were. right. Yeah, I mean, I would would have a fee-only financial advisor, 100% fiduciary, run the numbers to say, okay, because this is something we do every day. Here's your portfolio. Here's how much you need to live on. When should you take trigger social security, claim social security, and how does that make sense? Because Derek's exactly right. If you're drawing out a lot of money from the portfolio and it's going down as it did last year with the draws and with, you know, and the market right. going down, then that right. could be an issue. Um, you know, I'm going to work forever because I, you know, I got to I had
6: a guy who said he was a fee only. But uh, he turned out to work for, I don't know if I can say the name, yeah, but it was go ahead. Fisher Fisher Investment. He said was a only, but he was telling me to get into annuities. And I was like, no, I listen to talking real money. I know that game. <laughs>
4: yeah, smart, <laughs> smart guy,
1: Tim. Smart I know guy. that game. That's good. So, no, I mean, again, I would have somebody run those numbers, but your thinking is correct. You, there is a period of time from which when you claim Social Security, you got to live about those 10 or 11 years to make up the difference than you would have taken it by having a smaller benefit earlier. Does that make sense?
6: That does. That's something like what he told me. He was telling me now yeah. he was trying to advise not to do it. He was trying to get me into the annuity thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm not a fan of those, as you already heard this hour, for all yeah, the reasons. Yeah, yeah. I mean, reasons. Social
4: Security itself is just an annuity,
1: it is. right? You put right. a bunch of money That's in That's what he said. Yeah, it's from, an
6: annuity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Is it a guaranteed annuity or something like that?
1: Yeah, I don't know which product he was trying to move you into, but we wouldn't favor it Uh, again. He wanted
6: to put me into like a fixed, adjustable, some type of annuity for my age, he said. Not surprising,
4: but not ideal. (laughs) <laughs> so keep spending your money, wait on Social Security as
1: long as you can, and then get on with your life. Thanks, Tim, for being part of the program. Gotcha. You'd appreciate your call, 855-935-8255. You know, Derek, one of the things that comes up, though, regularly, well, Tim mentioned he's got $2 million. Sounds like a lot of money in retirement, right? And then you start drawing out the 4, 5, whatever percent. Oh, this year they need a car, which I went out and drove a new car yesterday and found out how expensive that's going to be because I'm trying to just be EV, try to be a better person. But the Schwab survey that said you got to have 1.8 – this is a survey of investors, you got to have 1.8 million. Is there any – does that make sense in any way? Come on.
4: I mean, it just depends, right? It's just like Social Security. It's not something there's a definitive answer to. It really just depends how much money you want to spend. And I think when people – You know, when you see these large sums of money that people have saved, I think it's difficult for um, investors to understand, Okay, but what does that actually mean? I have two million dollars. Great. It seems like an unlimited amount of money. But how much income can you actually generate? So, kind of like Tom mentioned, the best rule of thumb is that you can pull somewhere between four and five percent a year from your portfolio. But, but you got to be hey, invested. Exactly. You, you can't have invested. that all
1: in the bank because exactly. then, in even today's world, if you're making four percent a year and you're taking, you could see the numbers.
4: Yeah, and on top of that, though, you also have to account for taxes. So, yeah, you can pull. I don't know, from two million dollars between eighty and a hundred thousand yeah. dollars per year pretty comfortably and you shouldn't run out of money. If but you're invested. If you're invested, yeah. correct. But you have to keep in mind that, you know, anywhere from ten to twenty percent of that's gonna be going to uh to the IRS. So thank you. By the way,
1: this is a great point of
4: inflection here. So if you have two million
1: dollars, and let's just say, for sake of argument, your tax rate is 20 percent. You
4: really have how much then? One point five. 1. Yeah, I mean, 6. so
1: really the the net of because the, every time you take some of that, out, you got to ship it mm-hmm. back to Washington because they got other the other things they need to spend the money on. So that's a very important point that people have a tendency to overlook.
4: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, you know, much like uh, a lot of these answers have been, there's not really a, an exact number. You know, what's interesting in that same article, did you see what the average balance of 401ks is? No, actually how much? How much? $297,000. So people
1: are a little short on the 1, 1.8 billion. Uh,
4: slightly, but that's up <laughs> That's up a lot. It's actually growing every year, which I guess is a the good thing. Bal- the average balance. The average is growing. balance. So people is growing are saving more, yeah. they're invested, et cetera. Correct. But, it, I mean, it looks like people should start taking their own advice then and and saving a little bit more.
1: And if you're one can. of those people that's at the 300000 and you're close to retirement, then you either have to wait until you retire, you got to you know work a little bit more, wait on Social Security, which is that we're talking to Tim. He's in a different situation, but you may have to wait. Derek, thank you for dropping by. He's one of our great advisors here. You can reach him anytime through our regular number as well. We'll be back with more 855-935-TALK as we continue talking real money.
0: Don and Don are talking real money. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don
1: are talking real money. Hey, I appreciate all the great questions today. We'll continue on with more of them. But, you know, things like when to take Social Security, should I buy an annuity? What about long-term care? Those are exactly the kind of things we help people one-on-one. If you want some one-on-one help, we do this. We do this free. We meet with people every single day that do not become our clients. And it's easy to do so. You go on the Internet, you go to TalkingRealMoney.com, TalkingRealMoney.com, and you simply click on Meet an Advisor. Meet an Advisor at TalkingRealMoney.com